Today's read, Midnight and the Meaning of Love by Sister Soldier, Chapter 22, Ricky Santiago. It was like the whole bedside territory cleared out and surrounded the outdoor court where we were scheduled to ball. It felt good to roll up to such excitement, yet it seemed like much more than a junior league game deserved. And I want to win, plan to win, but I definitely do not want to be famous. I pushed my way through the crowd and joined my team five minutes before game time. Out of habit, I surveyed row by row in each direction. This crowd is crazy, my team member Panama pointed out with a nod of his head. I acknowledged the same way. You think it's us, Black? But it's not. Machete, another teammate, said, we were all leaning forward on the player's bench. Of course it's us. We're undefeated, Jaguar said aggressively. Look over there to the left. That's Ricky Santiago, our team owner, Machete exposed. Who said, Braz asked. He's from around my way. A big time businessman, if you know what I'm saying. I've been peeping it. He been making a lot of smart moves lately. Machete put us up on it. You saying people coming out here just to see him? Nah, can't be. He's just a local player. There's mad hustlers representing out here, Bob said. Catch up and pay attention, Machete said as though he was the underboss. Look who Santiago is standing next to. Mike Tyson, the up-and-coming heavyweight champion of the world. I heard... This kid is an official Brooklyn killer. His body is as wide as a building and his fist broader than your head. And check the rapper standing next to him. All team heads shifted to search. Oh shit, Panama said and then stood right up and checked the other side. The whole uptown crew and Calvin enriching them. Take your seats. It's about to go down, Vega screamed, because he could hardly hear himself talk. Machete, Midnight, Panama, Jaguar, Big Mike, let's go, he shouted. He motioned so hard with his hand for us to move that his cologne almost knocked me out. We were in the middle of the court now. The air horn went off, the whistle blew, and Big Mike snatched the jump ball and sent it sailing right over to Panama. We all was running now. Three seconds before time ran out in the fourth quarter, Machete passed the ball to me, and it seemed like the whole crowd went silent and all inhaled at the same time. I was standing at the top of the key where I have stood a thousand times. I pulled up, ignoring my sore shoulder that had been pulling on me all night. I didn't even have two points in this game. I just kept feeding Panama, a reversal of our normal strategy. He lapped it up and proved himself handily. He had 28 points on the board for self. That's why the man who was supposed to be checking me was double checking and double teaming Panama. And I was free and clear. Inside of a second, although I never knew there was an inside to only one second's worth of time, I said to myself, 
if I make this shot, what I've been thinking has to be done, has to be done. If I miss it, it's not for me to do. I closed my eyes. I had the feeling and the dimensions of this court embossed in my memory. My fingers pushed and then flicked the ball, and when I opened my eyes, me, the crowd, and my team were all mid-air cheering. Swoosh! It was my only three points, but it was the most important and pivotal shot in the game, and in my life for the moment, the players rushed me and my left shoulder some more, and the crowd went haywire. I pushed all the rushing girlies toward my teammates, wanting to ease out of there. Purposely, I had played low-key throughout the game, but now I had brought too much attention onto myself. That was a mean-ass shot, Vega yelled as he pulled me out from the growing, clawing crowd. Step to the side with me for a minute. He pushed me forward with one hand and the crowd back with the other. I followed him and he used his authority as a coach to keep the crowd off my trail. Panama and the fellas were still entertaining the crowd, holding up the number one, their arms raised up high, index finger toward the sky. Girls gathered around them and began cheering. Let me ask you something, man, Vega said. Right before you took the winning shot, did I see you close your eyes? He was leaning in toward me like I was about to reveal some unknown magic potion. Listen, tell me what you was thinking in that split second, please. He looked serious and too curious, so I lightened him up. I was thinking that I had to make Coach Vega look good, I told him. He smiled and hugged me up like one of my excited teammates. Listen, this weekend is the International Auto Show. I got tickets for you and the other four starters. I want to introduce you to somebody influential. Matter of fact, I could take the credit, but he actually asked me to introduce you to him, Vega said, speaking rapidly and emphasizing the importance of the meetup. Before you say no, just let me tell you, we got a white Mercedes 300E hammer being unveiled. It's the world's fastest passenger sedan V8 engine made by AMG, 375 horsepower, seven airbags, and it goes from one to 60 miles per hour in four seconds flat. I know, it's a beautiful machine. I finished Vega's sentence. I always kept up with the car magazines. Okay, the New York Coliseum, right across from Central Park. We meet up at about seven tomorrow night, he stated like it was a confirmed fact. Wish I could, coach, but I won't be seeing you until game time for the next game. Remember I told you in advance. I had something to take care of. I reminded him. He gave me a stare, conveying his disappointment, then must have decided he still needed me. All right, my man, I got you, my bad. You did tell me that. Hold up, let me grab the other four then, and we can do this right now. He dashed into the crowd and pulled Panama, 
machete, jaguar, Big Mike, same as he did me. That broke up the furor, and the crowd began to slowly move out and off the court. Some girls sucked their teeth. Others waited impatiently. Some of the players' peoples chilled outside the fence for them. Let's walk, Vega ordered the five of us. On the dark side of the building, Ricky Santiago sat calmly on the hood of a black Ferrari 288 GTO. Only a fool didn't know how exclusive that joint was. It cost almost $170,000. Off the top, I wondered if it was his or if he rented it just to see jaws drop open like they were dropping right now. His men were grouped up at the corner of the building within eyesight. I figured they were there to block off any curious heads and to make their boss feel at ease. My eyes captured the car, of course, the soft white leather seats and precise piping. Every detail popped out before me. His new Todd's, the black suede driving shoes he wore as he rested his feet against his front fender. A single lamppost casted a beam of light around them as if they were being displayed in the shoe store window of a Park Avenue shop. I checked my date just. It was 10.05 p.m. I had shit I had to handle and had to meet up with Amir at 11.30. As I eased my eyes off the face of my watch, I saw his Cartier. His Cartier. Yet, what really stood out was his gold band, topped off by one clean princess-cut diamond, a modest one-and-three-quarter carat diamond being rocked on his married finger. You got an appointment? Ricky Santiago asked me in a cool and even tone. I do, I answered calmly. This is the appointment, Vega intervened, giving Santiago a pound and then introducing him to the five of us. Santiago eased off the hood of the Ferrari and stood. He was at least as tall as me at 6'1". My man Midnight says he has an appointment tonight. And I believe him. So we're going to make this quick. Y'all ran a good game tonight. Made me feel proud. Your teamwork was crazy, and that's what killed off your opponents. Y'all outsmarted them. Made hood history. I like that. Made me want to meet you. So, let's get to know each other real fast. I'm going to erase everything I heard about each of you from other people up until tonight. He checked his watch. You do the same. All right? He asked us. All right. My four team members called out immediately. I'm going to ask each of you three questions. Any three questions that I choose, you get one chance to pass if you don't want to answer one of the three questions. Then each of you gets to ask me one question. I'll take one pass for myself. Got it? He said, looking each of us in the eye, one by one to get his feeling across. He was talking slowly and seriously. He commanded everyone's attention with his style and method, and now Vega was unusually silent. Machete, where you from originally? Santiago asked. La República Dominicana, Machete responded without smiling in his normal, laid-back, intentionally threatening style, yet I could see clearly that he was in awe of Santiago. Jaguar, 
Where are you from originally? Belize, Jaguar answered. Panama. From Panama, right? Santiago asked and answered. No doubt, Panama confirmed. So excited you would think he had been MVP of the league already. His gold framed teeth all exposed. Braz. Same question, Santiago pointed. Las favelas de Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Braz said proudly. It seemed everybody was suddenly rocking their accents and mother tongue. And you? Santiago asked me with a slight smile. I'll pass, I responded. No problem. That's your one, Santiago said patiently. So we'll start with you this time. What's the meaning of team? Santiago asked me. I paused and then answered. It's a group of people who decide to work together to accomplish one or more goals. If one person falls or fails, every team member covers for him. We all keep pushing until we get it done right, the way we agreed in the beginning. Santiago looked at Vega one time as though they could communicate without words. Then he refocused on the next player. Machete, what are your plans for the future? Santiago questioned. I'm hoping to be alive in the future. That's the first thing. Come to think of it, I want to be like you. So large I can sit on a Ferrari like it's nothing and have a bunch of dudes who got my back standing around just waiting for me to give the word. My teammates all laughed, not just at his answer, but at Machete's style. We were used to him, but Santiago was just getting a taste. And so the questions went around just like this. I said in the future, I wanted the black team to win the tournament undefeated. They all cheered for that, overlooking that I never answered the question of how I see my future and what I wanted to become. For his third and final round, Santiago got more serious in his face and his interrogation. Machete, what is success, he asked. $25 million. Machete didn't even pause to think about it. Panama, what would you do to get $25 million? Santiago asked. Any fucking thing, Panama said confidently. My teammates laughed, then confirmed. Braz, what is your definition of a traitor? Santiago asked. Anyone who gets in my way of what I'm trying to do. Braz responded seriously. Jaguar, if you had to sacrifice one thing on your body, what would it be? Santiago asked. Damn, why me? Why ask me that? He said disappointed. Answer the question. Santiago didn't give him a way out. Jaguar paused. My middle toe, he said after a minute. Everybody laughed. No, seriously, Jaguar said, because I got two on each side of the middle one. And I could still walk or run without it. And nobody but my girl would know it was missing. Everybody laughed. Midnight, my man. What is the meaning of life? Santiago asked me, turning everyone's attention to my reaction. Family, I said. Just that one word. No one said anything for seconds. No one moved. Thank you.
All right, let's speed it up. You each get one question. Ask me anything, Santiago ordered. Braz asked, where are you from originally? Santiago looked at me and then answered, I'll pass. Machete asked, why are you putting money up for this league? Santiago quickly said, because we can't let no one else get a monopoly over our young. Machete took one step back as though the answer was too deep for him. Jaguar asked, why did you choose us players in the first place? Santiago said swiftly, because I know what kind of men to surround myself with. Panama asked, what do you do for a living? Everybody got quiet. He knew it was a dangerous question, and so did we. I'm a businessman, of course, Santiago said with a smile. You know, an entrepreneur. About that pendant that you wore the last three times I saw you, the gold pendant of the baby shoe. Why did you choose that piece? I asked him, truly wanting to know. Because babies are innocent and men are guilty, Santiago said. Then he touched the pendant he was rocking tonight. A 24-carat gold chess piece. It was the queen piece, surrounded by a link made up of 40 24-carat gold king crowns. All right, time's up. Now we know each other a little better. Great game. Keep it up until the job is done. He gave each of us a pound. I was last. Strangely, he gripped my hand when I gave him a pound and pulled me into his embrace. We all walked past the Ferrari to view it from another angle as we left. Purposely, I didn't delay. It was 10.25 p.m. now. I walked out with a few players and random youth who were still excited and involved in heated conversation, which included reenactments of small pieces of our game. I hopped on the train with a few and rode toward my Brooklyn apartment. I got off six stops later. Slowly, I quieted my mind and blocked out any thoughts of basketball, money, or the game. Calmly, I walked by and with anonymous passengers. I went up the stairs, crossed over, and went back down into the subway on the other side and hopped back on the train, moving in the opposite direction. There is a pathway by her house that nobody should be on unless they live there, and an alley with only one window facing a solid brick wall. I only had a half hour to give. The results would be based strictly on chance. I wouldn't want to attach this act to Allah without his permission. I crouched there, black sweats, black Nikes, my black fitted riding low. Warm weather made my face moist. I could smell the cement and the trash and traces of spilled Kool-Aid, which had attracted a bunch of busy bugs. In only 12 minutes, he came creeping. It must have been his appointment with Destiny. He was using the back entrance because he was the type who was hardly ever welcomed willingly through her front door. And this time, it cost him. I leaped up from the ground, certain I was nothing but a silhouette in the dark of the night. He was startled, surprised, and unprepared, of course. 
My guess was that he was only used to fighting girls. Men like him think they'll have a free hand forever. I struck him one precise and powerful blow to his throat, so swift with my right closed fist that when his head tilted forward, he never saw my right leg at a 120 degree angle. My sharp kick made his head stand back up straight and his body fell backward against the wall. I disappeared faster than the mist before his body could even slide down to the ground. They say that a leopard grabs its prey by the throat, drags it, and then rips it apart with his teeth. When he's done, he leaves nothing but blood and broken bones behind. As I moved swiftly, yet calmly, taking 45 seconds to walk through the back streets of Bed-Stuy and down the stairs of the subway, I thought to myself, Bangs wanted me and her to have a secret. Now, we have a secret. Thank you.